If you enjoy the show, share it with a friend. Subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us reviews and ratings on iTunes. You can find us on the web at www.facebook.com slash slipangleshow, and you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at slipangleshow. Welcome, everybody, to Slip Angle Show. I am Austin Cabot, and I am here live at the 2015 SEMA Show. We're in the Hawk booth right now, and I am with Will Falls and Dave Belingit from NASA. How are you guys doing? Doing well, thank you. Awesome. Doing really good. Thanks for having us on the show. Oh, thanks for coming. I really, really appreciate it. So we're here in the Hawk booth uh, where you guys have one of the new MPO one cars. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about the, uh, the program? Yeah, so the NPO one program uh, is something that Jeremy Croissette, our director of business development, came up with. He kind of brainstormed this whole thing, went to Elan, since they're such a fa- fabulous manufacturer of cars, they've done, they did the Nissan, uh, the Batmobile, the Delta Wing, they've done some LMP cars, uh, they've done a lot of formula cars. So just went looking for a good manufacturer to really work with, and uh, they spec'd out a car, tried to come up with a plan. What? It's the target market. What are we trying to build here? It's basically, there's nothing out there. There's not a mid-range price prototype car. And people see prototype cars on IMSA and they see it on the mines. I want to race that, but I don't have half a million dollars. Yeah. You know, or, or even something close. It's like, well, I don't have $150,000. So Jeremy and Alon were targeted this price of, of 65 k What can we do to get this car on track? And, uh, you know, get people in a closed cockpit car. A lot of people uh, say, I came out of sedan racing. That's where my background is. Uh, I've been Mustangs, Datsuns, Mazdas, right. and stuff like that. So right. I, I want to race a real race car, you know, quote, quote, real race car, something, you know, tube frame and all the, all the suspension things and cool down force. But I don't want to get, at my point in my life, I don't want to get in a Formula car. Right. I want a roll cage over my head. I want some fenders. And so that's where the prototype is, okay. is perfect. Yeah. I was just about to actually ask why, uh, you know, why if you guys explored any open cockpit designs before you went with closed cockpit, but that, that kind of explains it a little bit. Yeah. So the uh, the original concept of the car, the idea that sprung this whole thing was something in the market to compete with the existing um, sports cars, and okay. there's not many of them. You know, you could list them in, on one hand, the ones that are popular. So yeah. it's, it's obvious which ones were our competition, but, um, you know, we had a clean drawing board to work with Elon Technologies, uh, which is an awesome crew. The The most recent thing they've done uh, that was accessible to everyday folks like ourselves was the IMSA Lights program. Yeah. Um, and they've produced over, I think it's over 200 of those cars, and they've got an awesome shop out near Atlanta. It's uh, They've got a full autoclave that they did the delta wing oh really full size wow that's they've got multiple autoclaves they've got uh huge machining rooms huge assembly rooms that look like formula one factories um they've got uh uh, climate controlled uh, engine dyno rooms i mean it's a full-on huge high class race facility wow and uh and after you know the imsa light program took off and was huge and still really big um but they're not mass producing the car anymore it's basically just replacement parts on on stuff that's running. Um, so there's this awesome crew of people that have worked on this 
awesome project that we're very enthusiastic to get to work on this project. So people, you know, that live in the USA that are proud of their work and it's motorsports, it's kind of like kind of like the perfect dream circle, right? Of of a of having something like this come come to life. So Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be really interesting. I know I know there's actually been a decent amount of cars that have already been sold. So, you know, people are out there buying them uh, and when people buy them, that means people are going to race them. Yeah, so. part, part of the deal that Elon made is, I believe it was 10 chassis, correct me if I'm wrong, Will, but 10 chassis, yeah, I think it was. They, they announced that at the, the kickoff at PRI last year, so, you know, less than 11 months ago, they said we have to have deposits in. Commitment from, from 10? From 10 people, okay. deposits in, commitment before we move any further on the project. We're not going to cut a single piece of steel we're not <laughs> not going to move forward with it and right. i think they had the commitment within a few weeks it didn't take long wow and that's people writing you know a check for basically a 50 percent deposit of uh, so thirty-two thousand. kind of sight unseen yeah i want it yeah i'm in yeah well tell us about the uh, the specs a little bit i mean how much does this thing weigh how much power does it make um or is that not not determined quite no, yet? no that that is determined it's okay. it's about 1450 dry Okay. Um, and the uh, Mazda MZR 2-liter dry sump uh, built by Elon produces 185 horsepower on okay. the engine stand. Wow. Um, and that doesn't that's not like jaw-dropping impressive to a lot of people when you mention that, but the horsepower but to weight light. ratio yeah. is that of a of a Corvette, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's spec series too. So again, the IMSA Lite package that um, that Elon has built uh, produces a whole lot more power, uh, but that's a, a a professional series, right, where they're refreshing engines very often. This, right. The philosophy of this class is very much uh, spec and affordable, affordable used relatively, right? Uh, um, going off topic of the of the stats real quick, I have to chime this in. Jeremy had an awesome quote in Speed News Magazine mm-hmm. that um, as many people that have walked on the moon or flown in the space program uh, is about the same amount of people that will ever drive a Le Mans prototype car. That's and, probably that's probably true, right? <laughs> so, so being able to to package that into something that's definitely affordable, relatively yeah. to a Lamar prototype program, yeah. right? And get, and make that available to the the everyday um, amateur racer, right? For sixty five thousand um, dollars, is a dream come true. The car's sexy. It's it handles really well. It's really really fast with its horsepower to weight ratio, um, and it's built by a real shop, right? This isn't one of those prototype builders that uh that's building stuff in their garage right yeah and, and no no dissing to them but that's not mass-produced stuff right they do they do awesome builds and stuff to go up pike's peak and things like that but this is a program where everything's going to be equal for every person that buys one and shows up to the track to race against each other so um back to the the stats of the <laughs> uh, the detour there sorry um the, with that engine package, the AEM Xfinity uh, is sealed, so people okay. can't mess with stuff. Okay. The engine sealed by Elon. Um, um, Toyo RR tires, 17-inch or 235s, which is quite a bit of tire for this car. I mean, the car is only, like you will mention, at 1,400 pounds dry, you know, so we're looking at uh, you know, 1,600 with a driver in it, so okay. 235 tires on it. I, I drove the car... Um, a few months ago, and it had already had a good ten days on that set of tires, and I couldn't tell that they were they they hadn't gone away or anything. And there's still plenty of life left in those. So yeah, that's one thing that we've got specked out. Okay. 
the transmission, the six-speed That's what, that's what I was going to ask next. Yep. That, that I was looking spec, back there. I was like, That's huh. spec on uh, gear ratios and everything, so nobody's okay. going to change it. You know, we go to a certain track. Everybody's either going to love it or we're all going to hate it. But you're but all in the same boat. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, is, are the MCS coilovers, is that... Uh, is that pretty much the spec package? The, that's the spec package. Okay. The MCS double adjustable. Okay. That makes sense too, with with MCS being in Atlanta and you know Milan being down there too. So yep. that's probably a, a really good partnership where they can work close together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, and then the wiring package and everything that it, that it comes with is just quality build. As you look at the car, it's you know I had kind of had that question. Well, are you guys gonna uh, you know just provide a spool of wire and I've got to crimp all the connectors? <laughs> no, they all... they take care of all that. So wow. And so it basically just comes down to rerouting the cable into the chassis and, and putting it together if you choose to go that route. Yeah. I mean, really what it looks like is kind of a, a little mini, you know, Lamar prototype car. Exactly. It so, looks and, like a race car. Yeah. And the, the fit and finish, everything. I mean, there's there's a lot of attention to detail in it, too, which is, is very impressive seeing it up close. The there's been folks here that have thought that Moss is going LMP3 racing next really? year because of this, this car. They think it's an LMP3 car, which is really impressive when Jeremy, Jeremy was pushing uh, his car in. Uh, to the south hall um and and they were admiring it and jeremy um mentioned yeah you can have one for 65 and the guy 65 what <laughs> and he said 65,000 like no <laughs> and uh and he's like yeah no this is uh this is an affordable prototype series that, yeah. that we're working on so now as far as the the racing goes is the plan you know to essentially run them at all the the nasa regional races or are you going to have a different kind of series that runs around too like Maybe to, to different regions and all around? Yeah, it, it's kind of a two-part thing. It's, okay. it's certainly just like with any other NASA weekend where you have the HPDE, our high-performance driving, right. where you have time trial, and then we have racing. You can show up with one of the NPO ones and race. It doesn't matter if you have some other cars there or not. Okay. But then also there's going to be 18 races next season, uh, six on the West Coast, six Central, and six East Coast. Oh, wow. They're going to be the primary races and these are going to be at all the cool tracks okay so uh sears point button willow road america vir those sort of tracks and it'll be the kind of the highlight races wow and uh as, as of a few months ago we just did a quick count head count and even by june which really isn't that far away i think we had a head count of eight cars that are going to make the trek out to the middle of oklahoma to, oh, out uh, to hallett, hallett, out yep, to hallett yep. and race there and okay that's going to be a, a really cool thing to have yeah eight of those together already and then you know, I think we should have some pretty good numbers. It's also obviously eligible to go to the Eastern States or Western States National Championships. Too. Yeah, yeah, that'll be really cool. Now, I know we talked a little bit about the program, uh, and I know it's probably been in development for a while, but when did the, I guess, the idea kind of get spawned? Like when, just so people kind of understand how much planning has gone into it, you know, when when did the idea first pop up? When did you start trying to spec stuff? There's been a, a lot of work gone into this. Um, and the thing that's cool about working with a real, a real uh, shop like Elon that builds real race cars, uh, not just based off of production cars, but purpose-built race cars, is that things have actually happened relatively quick with this program. Oh, really? I want to say it was um, early summer, and that might not be entirely accurate. That's what I seem to early recall. Early summer last year? Early like summer last year okay. was concept, literally hand-drawing, like, like chopping up designs of uh spec racer fords and and radicals and saying no <laughs> like drawing on those and taking off and yeah. and doing stuff like that um to come up with just basic design and concept talk you know the dartboard right yeah and uh and then getting to actually have the little model of this car at pri last year and then 
two uh, a, a, a prototype and a production car here at the show okay. less than a year after that. Okay. Um, with almost 20 cars sold now, as uh, it's happened really, really quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys have done a, a very, very nice job with it. Now, being from from Texas and Atlanta, kind of have to ask: Is there room for a cool suit setup, or do you have any cooling, special cooling setup for the driver to stay nice and cold? Because mm -hmm. I can imagine it, it gets a little warm. Yeah, actually, off to the side, they've specifically left enough room for one of the standard uh, cool suit boxes oh, to just drop right in there. Actually, if you look in the car over here, it's it's even notched out right in the seat. You can see where the uh, cool suit. <laughs> oh yeah, box yeah, goes just in, to the right so. here. Okay, uh, and then uh, there's also a couple of fans that take. Uh, air from the front of the nose cone and Channel blow on back. the driver. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Awesome. All the driving at, at at VIR in the summer, so Virginia International Race, Raceway in September, you know, nice kind of steamy, warm day. As long as I had the blowers on, I was comfortable in the car. I oh, shut wow. them off, cut okay. off the air, and then it got a little miserable, but no cool suit or anything. And, it, you know, it's got some good airflow in there. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. And since the engine's behind you, you're not picking up all that heat. That yeah, that's, used to that's with a the, big factor. They're burning uh, floorboards and melting <laughs> of shoes. Yeah. Now, are you, uh, I know the 25 hours coming up soon. Are you guys going to run one of these in, in a class? So that car, number one, that's sitting the, at the, the South Hall, Jeremy, Jeremy okay. Crissette's car, is campaigning to run uh, the 25 hour. Okay. Uh, another car owned by Drake Kemper, uh, that's car number four scheduled to be delivered. Okay. Um, it's going to run in car number three, um, Pat O'Keefe and CLP Motorsports. Uh, they're going to be running as well. So we're going to have three cars wow. less than a year after concept announcement running in a 25-hour endurance that's, race. That's we're pretty big. really, really yeah. excited for Going up against, you know, just proven machines, cup cars, and that sort of thing. It's yeah. just, you just assume pretty much every year, oh, we're going to have a cup car on the podium. Yeah. And Here's the coolest part, too, that really tells to the, the philosophy of this program. Right? The reason it's a kit is because we, we wanted a prototype that you didn't have to have a crew for. Like, affordable we keep saying like everything was thought about um how can how can this be done affordably and basic one thing to cut out if you want to do any, any racing affordably is not need a crew right yeah um so that's why it comes as a kit we figure the guy that's going to want to support himself on a race weekend is going to need to know how to work on the thing right so let that guy put uh, that driver put it together um and work on the thing themselves so the cool thing about the three cars is like instead of having three separate crews the three teams have all worked together and worked with CLP Racing to have one crew support all three all three cars. So, oh wow! Um, and they'll have enough guys to be able to work on each car at the same time. But, yeah. But they won't. It's not going to be the huge separate programs, right? So yeah. It'll it'll be really telling of the of the design, the philosophy of this program. That, okay. That that's uh, going to work with one team. Now, what size what size is the fuel tank in it? Currently, it's uh, what is it, Dave? 11? Right about right about thirteen gallons. Okay. Or so. Okay. They they are working on a, a endurance model. It adds another two gallons. Doesn't sound like a lot, but yeah. you know you're adding on another ten percent right there, yeah. up to a fifteen gallon tank. Um, really not sure about mileage on it. Okay. You know, they've been doing the testing, and it's been just in. You know, not I wouldn't say inconsistency, yeah. but just the people doing the test driving and been going out and driving the prototype car. It's like, well, I don't want to wreck this. So nobody's yeah. really gone full out, ran the car for an hour and a half straight yeah. to see, you know, how far do we get? The, on the baseline they're seeing is really, really good, better than expected. Okay. The thing that's cool is to help reliability and cost. And again, I'm going to keep using that word affordable. Yeah. They uh, Elon made a custom intake for this car. Yeah, I see uh, it over there. That's a proprietary built Elon intake for this MZR. Okay. It moves the the power range down in the engine, so that the hard cut 
rev limiter is at 6,900. Okay. So the thing's not getting run super hard, again, to help longevity of the of the in- engine package. Nice. Uh, and help sip on fuel. So. Okay. And with the sleek design, I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously cutting through the air. I was talking to a, a team that's prepping a car right now or getting ready to prep a car that's supposed to have in a few weeks. But they were even talking about the headlight covers. I said, well, we need a little bit of cooling in there. You know, what, what if we open up the headlight covers? Oh, no, no, don't do that. That'll mess, screw the up arrow the, up. <laughs> mess up the arrow and make it slower. Yeah, yeah. So. Awesome. Well, it seems like it's a, a very, very, very interesting car. It's going to be a really fun class to watch. Uh, so for all of our listeners out there, definitely keep an eye on it. Uh, I'll be out at the 25 hour and hopefully be able to get some, some pictures and stuff at it, uh, out there. So, yeah. And I mean, while people are listening along, if they just want to go to www.nasaprototype.com, they can just pull up the specs right there and, and find everything. Okay. Awesome. Now switching gears a little bit. Um, we talked a little bit before the show. I am a product of the NASA HPD yeah. system. So I did my first track day. In the southeast, uh, with Jim Pantis at Jim Roebling Pantis. Road. Yep. So at Roebling Road, I uh, had a great instructor, uh, and then shortly thereafter moved to Texas, and that's when you were running the Texas region, Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I ran MSR Houston with you guys, MSR Crescent. Um, where else did I go? TWS, which TWS is an interesting story. Like, I feel like it's like Cher's farewell tour. It's always <laughs> like, yeah, we're going away, and then they're like, oh, I one more event. Yeah. So. But anyways, uh, you know, I had a very good experience with NASA, uh, working through, through the ranks, always had great instructors and always had great support from, from NASA staff. Um, so I kind of wanted to, to let our listeners kind of talk or have you guys talk to our listeners going through the, the ranks of the HPD program, because I don't think there's a lot of people that, that quite understand how the ranks work and how you would go up, you know, through, through everything. There's a lot of people out there that some of our autocross guys have never done a track day, and they're like, oh, well, I don't even know where to begin. So kind of want to walk them through that a little bit. You know, and I sometimes struggle with that. I think it's just it should be obvious to everybody here how easy yeah. it is to do, but then I go, all right, let me just roll this back. Yeah. What if I knew nothing? And I try to explain it that way. And honestly, um, going to a NASA event, walking in the front gate and looking around, it, it could be totally overwhelming, and it's like, oh, heck no, I'm not doing any of this because – a double-edged sword. It's in a, in a way that that's bad. That's overwhelming to people because we've got the HPD program going on. Then we've got people competing and yeah. time trial. And then we've got people running wheel to wheel. And we've got you know spec mounters occasionally bouncing into each other. And people, <laughs> oh, I'm not taking my car on track, and I don't want to do all this sort of thing. Um, versus other groups, they go out to a local track day. There's 30 cars on track. Oh, people out there just kind of going out and driving around. And, and uh, you know, kind of having fun, not a fixed schedule. Well, maybe this is an easier thing to do. Yeah. Um, of course, I always, you know, uh, recommend going to with a, a, a bigger group, an organized sanctioning body like NASA. Somebody that's got the program, that's got you know the insurance, that's got you know trained course officials everywhere. We've got you know the ambulances. We've got our certified instructors, which you right. you certainly found helpful versus oh absolutely you know, your buddy jumping in the in the passenger seat and dude, we got this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've seen that go bad a few times. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, so, um, but checking out, you know, a NASA event, just kind of going into that, knowing that there are the different sections and, and realizing going into that HPD or high-performance driving education, right. go, you know, they don't care. You can go sit in on some of the classrooms and listen to that. There's no charge for that. Most of the times you can get into a NASA event for free. Sometimes the, the track's charge. We have no control over that. 
But yeah, go hang out, talk to some of the HPD participants. That's the best way to do it and ask them while it's still fresh in their mind. Well, why did you pick this group? Um, you know, how did you get to the track? What did you do? This, that, and the other. Why did you select the car that you're using? Um, right. Who are the good instructors? Who should right. I request? That kind of thing. What I've really found interesting with NASA is that there's kind of a, a natural progression. If you start with NASA, you know, you, you start in HPDE 1, and then 2, and then 3, and then 4, and then most likely time trials after that, and then going into some of the wheel-to-wheel classes. Yeah, you know, I, we refer to the ladder program so much because it's a ladder program. You, start, you can have no knowledge of ever having driven a car on track and end up someday uh, being a sponsored paid Mazda racer or racing a NASA prototype yeah. or or uh, spec Miata and, and anything in between the, the novice driver and, and pro racer experience, right? Um, so the latter is, it's something that it's essentially when they started NASA back in the mid early 90s, um, it revolutionized the way people got on track. Because previous to that, uh, you either had to do private events or um, you had to have a racing license. A comp license. And it was like, yeah. well, how do I get a comp license? You build a race car. I've, yeah. I've never been on a track before, yeah. and I have to build a race car. right? So so now anybody that aspires to, to drive on a racetrack um, can do that in their street car. And we'll put an instructor in the car with you and teach you how to do it in classrooms. We've got uh, industry-leading insurance to make it um, and safety crews to make it safe for everybody. Um, so, you know, it's it's so much easier than it ever used to be. All you have to do is come out and do it. Yeah. Um, you know, you need it. We uh, we make sure that cars are in in uh, safe running condition. You know, stuff's not falling off of them and and not not bed frame roll cages and stuff like, you know, stock car kind of things. But um, uh, it's it's that's all you have to do. Have a car. And come drive. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like you're having to cut up your car. And certainly starting at the HPD1 level, people, oh, you know, is it going to be hard on my car? Do I need to go get special tires? Do I have to get special brake pads? No, bring the car as is. Yep. Um, actually, when I start, we started our 15-year-old in the HPD program, I put him out there on a... on street on a street snow tires. Yeah. Kyle, don't worry about <laughs> it. And they're 185s. Don't worry about it. I want you to understand what the car feels like when it's sliding. Yeah. We could handicap you, and I could put you know some wide, sticky Toyos on there or something like that. But I wanted him to feel what the car feels like when it's sliding. Yeah. Don't worry about the speed right now. You know, I, I realize you're in a one one point six HF CRX, but you're going to go plenty fast enough to scare yourself in that. Yeah. In that. He he really enjoyed it, and um, so yeah, we didn't do anything special to the car. But as you go through that HPD progression, it's like, all right, well, my track sessions are, I'm doing a little bit more. I'm breaking deeper. I'm breaking harder. All right, I should probably upgrade. I got to go to Hawk Performance. And right. Go, go find a set of pads that I can, that like their HPSs. You can yeah. run them on the street car, on the street, and then go to the track and use them for I just bought some duty. HP some HP Pluses with some NASA contingency dollars nice. for, uh, mm-hmm. for my Jetta Sport Wagon. We love giving those certificates away at the track. <laughs> So. Yeah, so making kind of that progression. Then it's the next thing, all right, well, it, it's always that slippery slope with, with racing and that sort of thing is, is that needle goes in a little bit further. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You keep wanting more, but it's like, all right, now yeah. time to go get some tires. But it's not like up front you need to get all this stuff. No, and not at all. As you're progressing with your skills, your car can be – you're adding little items. But the cool thing is you're not just on your own searching the Internet, trying to figure out, oh, what do I buy, blah, blah, blah. You've yeah. got people right there. It's like you, you're – Buddy, a guy that yeah, you a met. Yeah, support system. Exactly. It's yeah, like, and everyone's oh, we, super accessible, super friendly. Yeah. And that's what that's what impressed me the most. Uh, you know, getting my start with NASA, I met tons of great people. Um, you know, both and pretty much in all the regions that I've been in. 
And even now, like I've sold my truck, sold my trailer, sold my race car. My sole purpose of doing this podcast and me and Adam is to, we love the social aspect of everything. And so from that, you know, I think a lot of people don't understand that either. You know, there's, for me, going to the track, probably about 40% is driving, 30% is wrenching, and 30, That's 30% it. There's, is social. I mean, there's, it's our, it's our once, a, once a month getaway to go see our motorsports yeah. brethren and families, right? Yeah, you and, look forward to and it. And it's as much that Saturday night party that we have as it is the racing with all your friends that you're doing, too. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I was going to say, and that's, Will brought that point up, it's like you want to see some of the best times at a NASA event, show up at 5 o'clock, and it's about <laughs> yeah. time for dinner. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, pretty much every region puts on a nice spread, and we never charge our guests you know, people bring their friends out, and it's like, well, I brought ten friends. Can they eat? And it's heck like, yeah. well, heck yeah, it's yeah. it's my excuse to put on a good party. You know, I, I, there's no other way I could invite 300 people to my house and have a party and throw a big barbecue yeah. unless I threw in some racing to you know <laughs> tempt them with at least get them in there in the first place. Yeah, you know, going back to what you said about about things being or about it being so accessible and easy to get on track and not really focusing on mods. I just wrote an article recently that we'll be publishing probably next week on on our tracktune.com site. Uh, Pretty much saying that the only thing that you really need for your first track day is a helmet and a good attitude and a car that'll pass tech. But, you know, having a willingness to learn, I think, really it's puts huge. you in a, a lot different and mindset. You know, of, of developing your driving, the, the single cheapest thing that you're ever going to, the single, the single least expensive modification you're ever going to make is your driving. Yeah. Everything that yep. you do to the car bolts on <laughs> and everything that you're driving is just seat time. Yeah. Uh, and, you know... Um, 300 bucks for a weekend uh versus uh what a thousand bucks for uh for a, a turbo or whatever mods you do yeah. to make your car faster the the seat time you know, develop your driving and driving driving and the car parts they come and go right yeah you know one of the guys from sport compact car um i forget who it was that actually wrote the article but i read it back before i even had a driver's license and it was talking about focusing on Way improving back. as a driver. Yeah, I mean, Sport Compact Car has been gone for a long time. <laughs> it was probably um, one of Dave's articles. Yeah, I think it was Dave yeah, Coleman. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. But articles. it was talking about focusing on improving yourself as a driver as opposed to modding your car. So spend the money on the seat time. The car can be gone in an instant. But as long as you're still alive and still able to drive, the skills that you, you learn, you know, spending seat time in different cars really just kind of goes everywhere with you. So right. it's... Uh, that really resounded a lot with me, and I think I was like 14 at the time. Yeah, so, yeah, that's really important, that, that seat time, seat time, seat time. Um, even if you're in between events going and playing on Forza, yeah. that helps go play at the go-kart track. That yeah. still improves your driving. It's still a sensory thing that you're still working with. And uh, to address the pricing a little bit, you know, we'll throw that number of $300 out there. And that's, you know, that's it's pretty steep sometimes. Somebody maybe a current autocrosser, they're used to paying 25 yeah. bucks for the day, but... If you break it down by like per minute. Per minute. Per minute. Yeah. <laughs> and I know people that will you know, spend 40 bucks to go on Friday night to go drag racing and, yeah. and go as fast as possible. It's like, well, now you're just, <laughs> you spend a whole lot of money to go drive on the track for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, that's the double day, double day rate. Uh, a lot of people say, oh, I don't know if I want to try it for two days. What about just one day? So usually one day rates right about 195, something yeah. like that. And then most regions also offer what we call a hyperdrive. And that's usually about 45 50 bucks. I just want to try one session. Yeah. What's it like? I don't want to spend the whole day. Can I just show up at lunch and do the classroom portion, a little bit of classroom, get on track? You know, sometimes I'll just loan people that, that a helmet. is like, here, go try this. 
I'll give you a money back guarantee if you get out of the car and say that sucked. I want my my fifty bucks back. I'll just give it back to him. I think. Yeah. And I've never had anybody take me up on that yet. But <laughs> great way to do it. So you go out for that single session. It's like all right. Well, you know, I'm gonna, certainly not going to wear out my car. Uh, you know, going. You know, basically street speeds. Yeah. In HPD one over twenty minute session. Let me try this out. Is this something I want to do? Yeah. You know, one of my one of my favorite stories that I love to tell, and our listeners have probably heard this before, but. Um, one of my first events I ever ran was at MSR Houston in February of 2011, and it rained. So I'm at the track, my like one of my first track days. It's raining. Matt Breeze was my instructor, um, and we were out and actually he'd already soloed me. No, he hadn't soloed me. I had an instructor in the car, and we were going around the carousel in the rain, and like there weren't any cars behind me coming into it. But when I got into it, there was somebody behind me. I was like, "What the heck is that?" You know get through the carousel, wave them by, and this, like, rental Corolla goes by. I'm like, what the heck, man? I'm in an S2000. Like, I got some good mods. Like, what the heck is going on? There's this bone stock, like, Corolla rolling by. And it turns out it was a Grand Am driver that was there to coach and was just out, you know, that weekend. So I love telling that story because I came into it thinking I was, like, I was hot shit, man. You know, like, <laughs> I was doing good. And that totally was not the case. So I, I love to tell that story to people because I was a pretty decent driver. Um, but coming into it, I... I quickly realized that I had a lot to learn, and, and the NASA program was there to kind of teach me everything. So. That's, that's pretty funny. I'm glad you identified them as a Grand Am driver because I was thinking back to that event, and it's like, I probably rented a white Toyota Corolla. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder yeah. if I was the guy that scared you. <laughs> no, it it might have been. The, the story, been. maybe maybe that's what Matt Breeze, my instructor, told me, was that it was a, a Grand Am driver, but really it could have been you. It was you probably know? Ryan He's... Flattered again, and our <laughs> yeah, national director rally, out there. Yeah, yeah. We need to go check out the track yeah. in, the, in the rain and make sure it looks good. Which is funny because that's what I do now. Like After I've worked up the ranks, uh, at one of our events that we ran recently, on um, a track day, it was raining, and we put a couple people in my Jetta Sport Wagon and went and going around the track in one of the beginner sessions, and nobody could keep up. It was wonderful. <laughs> so I got to I got to redo that to other people, That's and so maybe funny. maybe they'll be able to Full share circle. that. So yeah. So obviously you've hit on that point. Yes, we do run when it rains. Yep. Um, yeah. This is a NASCAR. It's yeah, not NASCAR, man. HPD. Uh, several times we've run in the snow. It, in the East Coast, like a CMP, and, and yeah, I know it's rained at CMP. You know, we're, we're there. To it's like, well, you just adjust for it. You slow down, and the best time people ever have is on a wet surface. Yeah, it's because I can really work on that car control, but I'm not totally going, you know, balls to the walls, 100 percent out. Yeah. I, you know, I'm taking it easy, but I'm really learning a lot good car control. So don't pass up yeah. on a track day just because no, it's a keep, little wet. Out keep there. going out. Like some of the open track days that I've been to, it'll rain and the track is completely empty. I don't go out for like 45 minutes and you learn where like the water puddles up, where the car is going to skip to where you just let it slide and catch it. Um, you know, there's there's a lot to be said for driving in the rain and it, it actually makes you a lot faster in the dry, as, as you guys obviously know, but some of our listeners may not. Yeah. So and if you ever aspire to go wheel to wheel racing, it's not like, well, I'll just sit out the session and not go. Well, that's qualifying. You got to yeah. go qualify if you want to get that's up, right. get in the grid. It's raining tough. But if you've had that HPD time, you're like. Oh, yeah, I already yeah. know where the wet spots are. I know where to not, you know, hit the paint, and you've experienced that. Yeah. No, I've talked about it on the show before, but there's a lot of people that, you know, they'll go out, and if not everything's perfect with the car, with the track, they'll come in. And for people that want to go wheel-to-wheel racing, that's probably the worst thing that you can do because you don't learn how to drive around your problems. We I think I talked about it with, the, with Emilio um, on our last episode. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of people that won't take that opportunity or don't see it as an opportunity. That's they're right. unhappy, so they come in. They're like, oh, this is crap, you know. That's but, right. He talked a lot about setting up uh, the car for what the car wants, not just what the driver yeah, wants. And, exactly. you know, one of the best experiences that Tommy learned that, I, uh, 
I worked at uh, indoor go kart track uh, when I was in high school, and um, and you learn really quick that you don't always get the best cart when yeah. you when you go racing. So sometimes you get one that plows like a pig, and sometimes you get one that feels like it has no rear like PVC rear tires on the thing or whatever. I seem to always get the worst one <laughs> every time. But you get stuck in an enduro in one of these. You do a, a thirty minute session in in one of these carts, and uh, and the thing sucks. You can you can complain about it. Or you can do your best to learn to drive through what the car is doing, right? And uh, and learn how to drive with an understeer or with an oversteer or right. something that turns right different than it turns left. Um, so yeah, car dynamics and learning how to deal with them and changing conditions—it's huge. Yeah, and then on top of that, learning how to drive different vehicles too. Like if someone offers, you know, to let you drive their vehicle, it's it's a good idea. Obviously, there's some sort of liability issue there as well. Be cognizant of that. But to get a bunch of different seat time and a bunch of different types of vehicles and different platforms really increases, you know, I guess your skill as a driver as well. That's that's one thing that actually helped me a lot. When I started driving other people's cars, I noticed that when I got back in my own car, I was a lot faster. So that that really helped out a lot as well. Yeah, so. everything's drastically different. You know, yeah. I've front front wheel drive cars. Uh, low horse port. Yeah, learning power, what torque steer is power. on the fly in a front wheel drive car. <laughs> yeah. What is that matter with the steering wheel? <laughs> I think the alignment's off. <laughs> so now switching gears again a little bit. Um, you know, NASA does a lot of a lot of wheel to wheel racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've talked to some of our listeners before that might not be familiar with NASA as much. Uh, that are kind of confused on on the classing structure and how the different classes are. Like, what does GTS mean? What does PT mean? Um, yeah, you know, it's a. Uh, when we have 43 classes, I think now, or 41. Oh, jeez. Oh, 40? Somewhere yeah. around 40 classes. So it can be hard to, to keep track of, right, if you don't know what, what right. you're looking for. So the short answer, short answer is we have something for everybody. Right. And even some of those classes have subclasses, right, where um, like performance touring. Which, which would, would be PT. Yes, PT, uh, PT uh, B through F, B right. being the fastest and F being the slowest. The slowest. Or- yeah, and slowest. Least Theoretically. modded. Yeah. <laughs> Least modded. <laughs> um, um, and then everything in between. Um, you know, pretty much any um, production car can run in them. And it's just uh, like your example earlier about Forza having mod points to move up classes. That's really it. Yeah. You know, it's a... Uh it seems like it's a little bit of a daunting formula for PT and stuff. We, uh, I was talking to John Mueller about it earlier, uh, and there's a lot of people that it, think it's a, a little bit out of their grasp. But when I explain to them that it's kind of like Forza, the car starts in a certain class, different mods at different points, and as you accrue points, you move up in class, it, it starts to make a, a decent amount of sense to them. So. Yeah, to make the listeners feel a little bit earlier, I was talking to a, a gentleman that's going to start doing some HPDE with us, and he's going, well, I read like 140 pages of PT rules and ST rules, and I don't know what to do. And it's like, no, 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 don't don't get confused. You know, you're going to HPD. Don't worry about any of the race stuff. Don't worry about time trials. Just concentrate on, you know, HPD. Basically, the rules for HPD, know the flags, yep. know the passing rules. Yep. And those are the things that keep and you have out fun. Of, exactly. <laughs> have fun. Don't worry about, you know, well, do I need to put these tires on? Or what happens if I – people do that all the time. It's like, well, I've got a, a, a Corvette, and I've done these mods, these mods, these mods. Does that mean I go into HPD 3? Well, have you driven on track before? No. Okay, well, and you're in HPD 1. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And, you know, alongside the, the guy with a, a stock V6 Camaro. So – you know, it's really a skill-based thing for our HPDE levels, and right. people progress right through that. But um, yeah, so don't you know the listeners shouldn't worry about anything rules-wise for HPD yeah. beyond flags. But 
because honestly, looking at the PT rules, it's confusing. Um, it, it can definitely be yeah. confusing, but once you understand it, it makes sense. You know, it, well, obviously, that sounded kind of redundant. But anyway, <laughs> if you if you understand it, it it actually everything kind of falls into place. And then you're like, oh yeah, two points for those ball joints, three points for those shocks, two points for those springs. We're good. Um, there's a bunch of other classes you guys have too. Pete, performance touring is probably the easiest to class cars or not class cars into, but anything can run. It's, it's not, a catch-all, yeah. yeah. And that's why um, that's why um, it can be tough to understand sometimes if you're just starting to figure it out because making uh, making it equal for a uh, a 1979 RX7 on 185s. Uh, to run against a uh, what's it, a 2011 Volkswagen Jetta, uh, having to balance all that—it's not the easiest thing. Sounds but a little like TTE a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> but it works <laughs> out. It works out for the most part. Yeah, in some of the best racing, uh, you know, we get is. really good PTE. Yeah, uh, fields. Yeah, I'm, I'm really good friends with with Jason Kohler actually. Yeah, so because run, the cars, the cars are affordable. You yeah. Know, you can get into a decent PTE car for five thousand bucks, yeah, and have a fairly reliable car, and you've got people to race with. And yeah, it's a little people look at it's like, well, why is this Mazda Miata racing an older Sentra, and then we also have this Lexus in there, and I where did all the? And it's like and well, a, a well set up PTE car can be very quick too, mm-hmm. like at least from lap time wise. The top yeah. speed isn't going to be high, but cornering speeds, yeah, in yeah, theory, yes. So. You know, yes, that's a great class to go into. If somebody just, I really, really, I've got this 19 blah, blah, blah that was my car that I grew up with, my first car ever, and this is a car I want to race. And so, yeah. All right, you can, we'll find a spot for you yeah. in the lower horsepower. The, the other great vehicle, the uh, type of vehicle to run in, in performance touring is uh, race cars that don't have a home anymore, barn finds, uh, cars that used spec, to. Spec RX-7. Spec RX-7. Spec, yeah. spec GTIs. Cars. Old spec, IT spec cars. Spec yeah. <laughs> Centra. Centra lots of <laughs> Lots of old cars, you know, um, can come back and run anywhere, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we found that a lot of people. It's like, well, I got, I picked up this old, uh, you know, H production, whatever it happened to be. You know, it was an SCCA car. Can I run it and that? And, and it's like, yeah, we, we could find the, the exact same classing structure. We just go through there. Well, can I break, have it on slicks? Yeah, no problem. Absolutely. You, I, you're going to pay the points for slicks, which is, you know, 14 yeah. points or whatever, versus, you know, if you want to go back and put some uh, some nice sticky Toyos on it, you're not going to get as high a points, but maybe that's better for you. If, if that's going to work great for your car, we don't fix that recipe. It's yeah. Like, I really, really need the handling on this car. I'm going to throw all my points at handling, get this thing on rails. I don't care about the horsepower versus other cars. It's like, it already handles great. I yeah. need more horsepower. I'm throwing a turbo on this baby. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. kind of like like uh, like Terry Fair running that TTC mm-hmm. Corvette. You know, it's it's fairly basic in the suspension Danger department. Zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We actually had Terry on the show uh, yep. a couple episodes yep. back too. So Terry's um, a great guy. Yeah, he is. And that that build, very smart build, in my opinion. Very very smart build. I mean, figuring out the the classing and and the I mean, even the different years with the different brakes yeah. that came with, like genius genius build. I can't yeah. wait to see uh, can't wait to see him and shots at the track together with their Corvettes. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a tinkerer's class. It is. And then, but we also have our spec classes: spec E30, spec Miata. Now for, four, four spec. explain those to people a little bit. There might be some people that don't understand yeah, so exactly like what Spec E30 would be. Uh, people are familiar with Spec Miata, but some of the Spec Racing series, you know, there's like Spec uh, what E36 now or Spec E46, Spec E30, Spec Miata. The, uh, spec, the is it Spec Three? Spec, spec three, three. Spec Three. For, that's for what I was thinking. E36. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the basic 
philosophy is that everybody uses the same equipment, so it's all about driver talent and a little bit of setup game. Uh, now they don't have any awesome like double adjustable coilovers or anything like that, but making sure all the wheels are pointed straight and the car is corner balanced um, and the and the driver is up to snuff, right? That's that's really it. But for the most part, everybody's got all the same equipment to use, and and it's all about driver talent. So. Right. Uh, we've all seen the the Nemesis video where the cars the cars like faster in the straightaway but holds yeah. them up in the corners just enough to run away from in the straightaway. Well, that doesn't happen in spec racing for the most part. It's really exciting stuff. I mean, you, you go on YouTube and look at some of our our championship races from Spec Miata, and you've got Spec Miata's nose to tail one constant line of like twenty five cars yeah. going down the back straight. It's that close, and nobody you make a mistake. I've done that. You know, just a, bo- a bobble, and I've lost five spots in the Spec Miata. It's yeah. just, it's nuts. Same thing with Spec. Yeah, I've run, a, I've run a lot in our Spec Miata and Spec E30 and our GTS program. And the GTS is fun because. Which GTS stands for German, German, German Touring, Touring Series. Series right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we were running a, a Frankenstein E30 at the time. It was a, uh, an E30 with an S52 uh, with about 240 horsepower. That, that's the one that, that Brian drove. Um, did Brian McQueen drive that in the 25-hour? No, no. This one was even. So this one was so that's even. A different, that's yeah. a different E30. This one was even okay. more Frankenstein. Okay. And, and it lived up to the name and looked really ugly because we had 285 Hoosiers on the thing. And so it had these huge plastic, like, truck fender flares. <laughs> and uh, and, it, and then it had splitter and, and wing. And, that's before and, Rocket Bunny was so popular, yeah. right? Yeah. And, uh, but it was, it was, I mean, it was super quick, super fun to drive. And, uh, and then you had, in that class, the my competitors would have uh you know diff- totally dynamically different cars um where where they might have more power and i'd catch them through the s's at sonoma but then they'd run away up the hill and and have and learning to balance that is super fun super fun to tune a car like that yeah. super fun to drive a car that's really fast for uh that's relatively cheap to put together right uh but it can be really frustrating at times too when um when your car's way better in one area and lacking in another so um the spec classes really do away with that right yeah. where um you can get a run uh if you get a run out of uh out of turn 11 the only reason you're gonna not catch the guy going up the hill at sonoma is be- uh, if you mess up right coming out of 11 then uh then you're not gonna be able to catch the guy so it's all driver talent in the in the spec series okay what awesome. are my thoughts and views on the spec classes? Uh, rolling back to that 5 p.m. thing, bench racing. Those, those are the biggest parties that, that break out. It's over at the spec E30 compound yep. or spec you look, 944. Exactly. You yeah. look over. There's a bonfire, and yeah. you know, that's at the spec Miata paddock. But everybody's there. They're friendly, and uh, you know, not knocking running a one-off car. It's like, well, like I mentioned, I have a 19 blah blah blah, and I really really want to race this. You break it or bring it. You break it at the track. What what do you do? You're yeah. you're basically on the trailer and you go home. Everybody's got spares for Spec Miata and yeah. Specy 30. If you yeah. take off a corner and like, oh, I broke a hub, I broke a, a brake disc or whatever I need, somebody's all, dude, go grab it out of my trailer. It's right there. Here, let me help you put it on. Okay. And that that family feeling of those spec classes is just great. Like Will says, everybody's got a spare part. You could. Uh, at any normal, uh, typical NASA Texas weekend where we have, you know, nearly 45 spec Mias, with all the spare parts there, you could probably put together three cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, actually, that's probably true. If you had a tub, actually, you could probably build a spec Miata at the track if you brought a tub in. Uh, there's enough spares there for sure. That's exactly. right. <laughs> um, as far as some of the other classes, like Honda Challenge and things like that, uh, you know, you have H1, H2. Um, and, and different classes. I know those are pretty much the two most popular ones. Yeah, it's, so it's a little lower than that too. But 
totally. So uh, Honda Challenge has been really popular. There's a few of our classes like GTS and Honda Challenge that are that have the subcategories based on horsepower to weight, really. Right. Um, so um, there's some that are really close to stock and some that are like really wide open for crazy, yeah. crazy builds. So like some of the ST classes yeah, and stuff. Yeah. 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 So awesome. Uh, well, where can people find out more about NASA and where to get involved with NASA? Um, www.drivenasa.com. Okay. And that's NASA. That, is that, NASA, just is like that, is that is that a new is that a new URL? New website? Um, you can either go there oh, or there NASA are, Pro Racing. Okay. NASA Pro okay. Racing. Okay. Right awesome. Either one gets it there. Yeah, and then some of the other classes, you know, we haven't really touched on any of our V8 classes, but we've got oh, yeah. the super popular American Iron. That's right. American know? Iron, Camaro Mustang Challenge. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you know, everybody, you know, of a V8 uh, mentality. Watching you're, you're, those races in the Texas region is awesome. Yeah, it like is. Watching Dodge, those cars Chevy go like Ford three, Ford. three wide into turn one at TWS is just an amazing, amazing sight. One of my first, one of my first track days was there at TWS, and I got to see that. And I was like, wow, that looks absolutely amazing. Yeah, and so while much it's not fun. spec racing, you look at CMC and it's kind of spec. It's, we don't nail specifics down, but it's like, well, okay, you can only have 13-inch brakes. And you can only have two piston, four piston calipers. Right. And it's got to weigh this much and have only this much horsepower on the dyno. But other suspension parts are kind of open. Shocks, springs, sway bars. Arrows a little. Arrow, yeah, really minor on the arrow to keep that cost down. But, okay. you know, competitive, semi-competitive uh, CMC car can be built for ten thousand. There's a nationally competitive CMC car that just sold for sixty five hundred. The guy wow. wanted rid of it. He was changing classes, wow. so you can find deals out there for that. And yeah. that and those guys know I'm how. I'm a little party. upset I didn't those get the phone call about too. that car for sale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those CMC guys know how to party too, man. It's it's oh, all man. it all comes back to the community. It's funny. Yeah, you like, know, our last event at TWS, we had uh, we had a school of rock band come out and play for the barbecue. Oh, really? Yeah, and then we went over to uh, Craig McCormick's RV where they had uh, a big um, projector screen set up, and we watched. They stayed up all night and watched the Bathurst 1000 on oh, the wow. side of the RV Streamed after racing all day. Like wow. it was really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, it sounds really cool. So, uh, what other classes are there? Man, one of my didn't favorites. Really touch on? The, the probably one of the coolest to watch is Super Touring. Yeah, I remember 2011 or 2012 at Mid Ohio standing up in the tower watching the start of the race and there was two corvettes two vipers a turbo miata a dano a, a daytona prototype a home-built prototype and uh sure. a mix of some other okay. cars all going into turn one together off the back straight. wow well, not turn one but madness into the off of the back straight together yeah. with that super fast that that lime green slc the uh super light Ah, uh, yeah, there was a super light. There was some really neat machinery in there. And, and it's like nowhere else in the world can you see that mix of that cars mix, yeah. racing together. And that's uh, that's four categories on track together. That's Super Unlimited, um, which is anything performance-wise goes, right? And then um, S Super Touring 1, 2, and 3, which is just horsepower to weight differences, but the same basic rules. Um, and it, you, you get to see some awesome, awesome cars in that in that mix. Yeah, it is a, quite a wide variety of cars. Stock cars, too. I forgot Stock that. Stock cars. One. I'm just about to talk to that. <laughs> um, Will knew where I was going with that. But, you know, I grew up uh, in California at the racetracks out there, and I just remember going to Laguna Seca and watching, you know, the Trans Am series running there in the 80s, and it's like, and just the sound and watching these cars go around, and it's like, I really, really want a tube frame race car with a V8 motor, and that'd be awesome. Yeah. And, and to race at Laguna. And so this past 
uh, August, I got that chance to do that at our West Coast Championships. I showed up in an uh, older late model um, stock car with a, a brand new Camaro body on it. Oh, it's nice. Like, here I am at my dream track, always doing what I wanted to <laughs> driving do. Driving the car driving you wanted. Driving a V8 yeah, there you go. tube frame car. And uh, we had a different one that we took to VIR that we ran in Super Touring 2. And, you know, it, there can be a lot of money in those classes. I mean, basically Super Unlimited, whatever you want to do. Yeah. So, so somebody can bring, you know, a half-million-dollar car and yeah. uh, a Le Mans car and run it in theory. Um, most people are, aren't spending that much, but it can be an expensive class. But, you know, our car, Super Touring 3, we went and found a used ASA uh, chassis, X, uh, circle track chassis similar to that, for a couple grand. We transplanted a 4.6 uh, stock motor from a Mustang into it. Okay. The transmission with that threw some Hoosier slicks on there. And we had the car together for eight grand, and it, it took a podium in time trials and took a podium in super touring. So yeah. It, it turned out really good. It had a great race with uh, Eric Coons, who was running a Frankenstein. Uh, super cool build he's super, done. Yeah. 944 LS powered. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, and he's taken the better part of a year to build the thing and, and brought it out, and it's a super cool car. Oh, I bet. Yeah, and Eric said, you know, going back to the latter thing, uh, Eric started as us with us most recently before this build as a uh, uh, spec 944 racer. Okay. Um, did he take his 944 and, and turn it in? Like, did he swap no, it no, in no. Car or a different I think, car? Yeah, okay. he sold it. It was okay. a, a top-tier nationally competitive car. So, And this one that he started with was a... Uh, was uh, a full chop cut rebuild type thing. Oh, it's really? really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's place for for people yeah. to tinker, and then there's the spec classes. Like, hey, nope, this is exactly what you have to do. You know, some of our classes, uh, I think spec uh, three may even spec out Hawk brake pads. This is the oh really all the way down to the brake pad. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Brake pad. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But on the other hand, that's great because then the Hawk. You know, then you don't have to worry about anything yeah. either. You know, as a driver, you're like, all right, I can just focus on setup and driving. Yep, I'll just put these pads on, yeah. and just everybody has There's the no, same thing. Yeah, and then but you get a win in that class, and you get a certificate, 150 yeah. bucks from Hawk. Yeah, we, we touched on on contingency a little bit. I mean, NASA actually offers a lot of contingency for you know for time trials and for for the wheel to wheel stuff, which I think a lot of people don't really understand that if you're if you're entered in events and you do decent. You can actually walk home. It's huge. Hawk, Hawk gives 150 bucks to the winner of yeah. uh, of every class uh, that's running their product. Um, it's 150 to win. I think 75. Uh, let's see, 100 for second. I think 75 for third place. Yeah. So you can walk away with cash for your consumables. Yeah. Uh, Toyo has probably the best contingency program uh, ever. It's exclusive to NASA. We've got the best deal with them. And yep. Fantastic. Not only is it a good tire, and that's why we chose it to, to run on the prototype, the NPO. But they pay the racers back. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's awesome. They, and instead of just paying the, the, the podium, too, they pay out... Um, Through 15th place sometimes? Yeah, so they make it two races, essentially. Instead of just paying all the way through, they'll pay, they'll pay the top five, and then there's a break, and they pay uh, 11th through 15th. Okay. So some say, well, what the heck? Why'd you skip me? I was sixth, seventh, eighth, or ninth, right? But essentially what that does is it makes a second paying race for the mid-pack folks that yeah. generally never see contingency yeah. stuff. And so they're happy, too. Yeah. Because so. with Spec Miata, a class like that, anybody, 30 in the, cars. anybody in the top 10 is, is capable of winning. Right. So if you're in that top 10, you probably won at some point, but there's always the guys that... I only want to spend this much money. I only want to do this much track time. I only want, really want to put this much effort into it. Yeah. They're still getting some contingency payoff. Yeah. And 
getting to have a fabulous race doesn't matter if you're at the front of the pack, middle of the pack, or back of the pack in a class like that. If you're racing with somebody, you're having fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why some of the spec classes that, that grow so large draw so many people because there's always somebody to race. The race at the front is just as good as the race at the back. Mazda pays a ton of money, too. They pay an end-of-season championship award. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is really, really, really good money to folks that the folks at Mazda Speed help uh, help on costs with. You know, they've got a fully staffed department to send racers parts yeah. and, and and all that. And Mazda's just been killing it lately too. Yeah, they have with the the new MX-5 and the, the new, Global yeah, Cup series. Yeah, the new series. ND is just is just awesome. It it really is. Yeah, and I mean Mazda Mazda is providing a lot of support for aspiring drivers as well. So you know, for I know for for the NASA stuff, if somebody wins a national championship. And a Mazda vehicle, they're eligible Invite to go to the, to the shootout. The Road to Twenty Four yeah. shootout, which is awesome, and that's uh, that's really the the part where our ladder pro program becomes full circle, um, because that takes you know from somebody that's driving with NASA goes to one of our championship events and wins. Um, you, that's a that's a, a red carpet invitation to to go and become a paid. Uh, Mazda driver, right? Um, and and work that ladder. And if you win the MX-5 Cup, you go to uh, IMSA, and then from there you go to their prototype program, and and it's it's really cool. And even another part of that ladder program is the Teen Challenge that we have. Oh, that's right for the, the Spec Miata drivers. Uh, yes, the, the drivers young as yeah. young as 13 years old with some previous racing background, go karts, bandoleros, legends, whatever, can start racing with us. Yeah. I was actually the first NASA teen. Oh, were you? Yeah. Okay. I was 13 years old. I'd been racing go karts for a good amount of time. And uh, I was sort of the beta test. They put me out on track with an instructor. Well, let's see how and, this turns yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> and that and that was it. You know, it's the guinea pig. That was it. So well, let's um, use Falls as kid and see see what he does. That's with exactly this. what it was. My father had <laughs> been running with NASA since the early days, and yeah. I had always been there and been around and and uh, helped my father on on his crew and you know cleaned wheels, whatever kids do, you know, <laughs> and uh, and finally got got to start driving uh, cars at that age and. And the program's just taken off because those championships are run uh, regionally as well. And kids that run that and win their class, they score points separately for the teen challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, they also get an invite to the uh, to the Road to 24 Mazda oh, shootout. Wow. Okay. So um, big deal, huge parts to our ladder program. Yeah. Uh, seeing these kids grow up through the ranks and in, in Mazda Miatas and get take care of with Mazda. So. I mean, there's just amazing opportunities available. Yes. So. It, That's yeah. what I've always enjoyed about, about the NASA program is that there's something for everybody at every skill level and every aspiration. If it's somebody that just wants to go out and just turn laps, you know, that's fine. Exactly. So stay and, in HPDE. To, to make that clear, you know, people go, well, you know, I don't really want to go racing. It's like, well, you if, don't have to. You don't have to. You can yeah. stay in HPD 3. You can just go do, you know, just lapping time. and, and But you're still learning. Uh, even at the intermediate level of HPD 3, it's, we still do the classroom downloads because there's always something to learn on the track. Uh, other people were coming up into it. There's a ton of folks that just drive in advanced groups with us and instruct or one or the other yeah. and, uh, and have a great time. They have no interest in going racing. Um, you know, it's just the, 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 the road course driving enthusiast and, uh, and any level of skill that we yeah. like, to, like to cater to. And they're still part of the family. It, exactly. I don't cares if you're putting a helmet on you're part of the family yeah <laughs> yep. you know my my one thing that I, I had a conversation with about somebody or with somebody about earlier was the time trials program you know and how it kind of it bridges the gap but a lot of people don't realize too that the track time that you get in time trials is some of the cleanest track time that you can get it is because theoretically the person in front of you is faster person behind right. you is slower after the first session because you're gridded by gridded time, by time I, I enjoyed group. my tt sessions even if i wasn't you know 
competing seriously, I enjoyed my TT sessions better than my HPD4 sessions. Yeah, no, you get, um, you see uh, a lot of other timed groups like that will just let anybody come out and drive. Right. But with NASA, it's a advanced group where you're required to have advanced open passing right. experience. So you've got good drivers that know how to check their mirrors. Uh, you're gridded by time. And you get full 20-minute sessions. It's not one, two, three, and done. You know, it's, uh, it's full driving sessions. So they are some really, really good track time. Yeah. Yeah, for, for those of you listening that don't know exactly what the time trials program is, it's kind of a bridge between the HPD program and the wheel-to-wheel -wheel racing program. So you would actually go and be able to compete against other cars in your class, uh, but not necessarily have to go wheel-to-wheel. -wheel. So it kind of it allows you to get into competition without having to have the full investment of a full, of a full roll cage, even though it's recommended. Um, but there's a lot less investment needed to be able to compete, and essentially you're you're just turning qualifying laps. That's right, um, it's qualifying laps. Best yeah. lap of the day takes the yeah. takes the trophy home. Yeah, it's and really and again exciting. that contingency program rolls into that time trial as well. There's folks running on free tires every That's, weekend. And you know, breaks. when I was running TTC, I, I bought one set of used Hoosiers when I first began, and after that, That's it. I was just able, yeah. yeah. That purple crack, man. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> it was great. Sorry for not buying a new set of Hoosiers, Hoosier, but um, I was on a budget, and you guys helped me out tremendously. So, uh, yeah, another thing, too, with the, the time trials program, a lot of people don't understand that the time trials classing works the same as the performance touring class. Exactly the same. So it's, again, with the ladder program, you can build your car through the HPD ranks, kind of in the back of your mind, know that you want to go time trials, performance touring eventually. So, hey, I need to fix this understeer issue, or I want suspension. If you have that in mind as you move up the ranks, you can easily build your car and class it, learn how to drive it so that you're fast when you get into time trials, or at least competitive. And then you can move into performance touring, too. So I think a lot of our listeners don't quite understand that. So yeah, I, I one, wanted to make sure that, the, that they knew because it's a, a big benefit to me. Another benefit on the, on the mapping being the same between time trials and performance touring is we have a, quite a few folks that share a car. So they team right. up with a buddy. And it's like, all right, uh, you race it this weekend, and I'll run it in time trials. We're both getting track time. Yeah. So nobody's getting shorted. But they're sharing the expense of getting the car there, sharing the cost yeah. on you know some wear and tear and that sort of thing, and, and splitting the weekend. And NASA's really good about doing a, you know, teammates yeah. in, in racing. It's yep. like you can form a team. And it's like all right, we have two people on the team. We don't care, you know, who's in the car, who qualifies. One person can do practice, the other qualifies, and the other races. It doesn't matter. You know, you need, obviously need to tell the the staff who's in the car at the yeah. time. But it's really cool. Uh, we have husband and wife teams. We have you know. Parent and child teams, yeah. so father and son teams. Yeah, and what's nice about being able to double dip too, if, if you don't have a teammate per se, you get a lot more track time. So, say you're going to a new track, especially for like nationals or something, uh, or sorry, regional, East Coast, West Coast currently, um, but you can get extra seat time and learn the track very quickly if you've never been there before. Totally. So, and, and it all comes back to the seat time again. So, well, guys, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Always yeah. fun. Love talking about our program. Yeah. Where can people find out more about NASA? So, again, www.drivenasa.com. Right. And okay. then a little bit more information on that prototype we talked about earlier. Right. That was www.nasaprototype.com. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, guys. On behalf of myself and Adam Jabay uh, and Will Falls and Dave Belingit, uh, we will see you guys next time. Thanks cool, so much, thanks. guys.